we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. And, and I joke now that like, if I knew back then what I know today about how difficult it is and the obstacles we had to overcome, I, I don't think we would have been able to, to jump in so bravely. I'm your host, Dave Knox, and this is Predicting the Turn, a show that helps business leaders meet their industry's inevitable disruption head on. Welcome to another episode of Predicting the Turn. Today, we sit down with Jim DeSico, who is the oldest brother and CEO of Super Coffee. Jim, welcome to the show. Dave, thanks for having me, brother. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Well, this should be a fun conversation. As you know, we were talking, <laughs> Super Coffee is one of my favorite beverages that's come out the last few years. So thanks for everything you guys have created. Yeah, man, we're, uh, we're having fun with it and glad we can add a little caffeine to your day. I love it. Well, let's dive right into that story. So Super Coffee came about because your brother Jordan was looking for a healthier alternative to kind of get his energy fix when he was a student athlete at Philadelphia University. He began making coffee in his dorm room, adding MCT, all this good stuff. What was that turning point that took it from something he was making in the dorm room to turning it into a business between you guys? Yeah, he went from solving a personal problem, which was his just personal fatigue of, of being at early morning practice, late nights in the library, to recognizing that he wasn't the only one that faced that issue. And, and the issue was energy, ready to drink energy solutions like bottled coffee and, and energy drinks were loaded with sugar and artificial ingredients. So Jordan did, did some research on the bottled coffee industry. And at the time, it was a $3 billion category. And the Starbucks Frappuccino, which has 40 grams of sugar and 300 calories, was doing 90% of the sales. And nobody was doing a sugar-free enhanced coffee. So he called my brother, Jake, who's our middle brother, and, and myself and said, guys, I'm, I'm dropping out of school to, to bring this coffee product to market. And uh, that was five years ago. And with that, you know, we did the introduction. You're the CEO and the oldest brother. So what gave you the faith that... Uh... What little brother was coming up with here was a great business idea. Oh, man, I think it was naivety. I'm not sure it was faith, right? We, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. And, and I joke now that, like, if I knew back then what I know today about how difficult it is and the obstacles we had to overcome, I, I don't think we would have been able to, to jump in so uh, so brave, uh, bravely. And, and for us, it was, I don't know, I think we we knew that, we were making a difference on an individual level. Every customer that tried Super Coffee in the local grocery store in Washington, D.C., where we started, we're like, wow, I, this is a product that I've always needed. You know, I'm a, I'm a diabetic and I can't drink uh, sugary coffee drinks. Thank you so much for, for changing my routine. So one at a time, we were like, wow, this is a, a lot of people. This means a lot to some people. And there's, there's more people like this out there. So I think we were just determined to be the healthy alternative on, on every shelf in America. And on that note, you know, the beverage industry is not an easy one. And it's not one that you guys came from. You were learning this on the fly. So what were some of those defining moments that you've had as you guys started building this business from that first store in DC? For us, you're right. I mean, we didn't know business. Our, our mom worked at the YMCA. Our dad was a construction worker in upstate New York. And like, we we didn't really know what we were doing. But my, my brothers and I, our whole lives, we were athletes. And what we learned from from sports is teamwork 
commitment, sort of putting in the work that other people aren't willing to do. And uh, most of that, if not all of that, translated in, into business. And, and we, we learned early on in the beverage industry that nobody's going to do this for us, right? The distributors aren't going to build our brand. The retailers aren't going to build our brand. And we took a very hands-on approach to stocking shelves and pouring samples. And really, I mean, the better we did, the more, the more shelves we had to stock, the harder we had to work. So I think it's a simple strategy. It's just not an easy one. And, and one thing that we like to say to ourselves and to our team is work hard and be nice to people. You know, if, if you're always doing those two things, you can't have one without the other, but if you're always working hard and being nice to people, the chips will fall in your favor. So over the last, uh, you know, several years, but particularly last, you guys have had really some rapid revenue growth, employee growth and everything in between. What was the spark for that growth and that kind of hitting the curve up, up and to the right? Yeah, I think for us, seizing an opportunity, you know, America's food paradigm is shifting away from this tolerance for carbohydrates and sugar to an acceptance of healthy fats and and proteins and and zero sugar. Uh, Things like the ketogenic diet are are on the rise, the paleo diet, even more plant-based things are are coming into the forefront, uh, whereas 10, 20 years ago, that that wasn't the case. So I think timing was, was crucial for us. A cool moment for the brand in, in 2018, just about uh, two years into starting the company, we uh, we pitched on Shark Tank. So that introduced the brand on a national scale and our sales volumes were, were very strong. We were the best selling bottle of coffee in a very localized geography from DC up to New York City. But investors saw that and they said, wow, if we can fuel you guys keep doing what you're doing at a larger scale, like you're really going to be able to, to make an impact here. And, and when we talk about impact, we talk about physically removing sugar from America's diet. And through the first six months of, of 2020, we removed nearly 2 million pounds of sugar, assuming that for every bottle of super coffee sold, that's a bottle of the Starbucks Frappuccino that, that wasn't consumed. So investors saw that and, and they were willing to, to bet on us. And as we raised money, we went out and we hired people. We, we signed more distribution deals. We got into new stores. We launched new products. And it's really been all, all gas and no brakes. On that kind of note, you know, as you guys have grown and had this rapid growth, culture has been a really important thing to you. And you know, that culture ended up getting you on the Inc. Magazine Best Places to Work list. How have you thought about that culture and what you want to instill as you build the business? Yeah, culture is just an extension of the people who work here, right? And and business, I, I like to say our team, our people is our barrier to entry. And in 2020, I mean, there's a lot of bright ideas. There's a lot of amazing startups. There's a lot of investment capital out there to fund your ideas. But the, the, the thing that is tough to come by, like anybody could have good branding or a good product or good technology, but really building a team with good people. And I say good people who are compassionate, empathetic, people who put others first. We believe in breeding a team of servant leaders and and we hire people who are, are exist to serve others, whether they're serving our customers or serving their direct reports. So for us, I mean, we've attracted a like-minded people, people who want to compete. We say competitive and compassionate. And it, it goes back to this balance, right? Work hard and be nice to people. You can't have one without the other. You can't be just competitive. You can't be just compassionate. You need to you need to be both of those things. And we, we fundamentally believe if you're willing to work hard and be nice to people, we have a spot on this team for you. Um, and I, I think that people feed off of each other. You know, it becomes contagious. And I mean, we've been really grateful to sort of amplify. Uh, I, I guess 
the, the, the cool thing about what we're doing is we're, we're building a company that we wanted to work at. Like this is a company that we've always dreamed of working at while we were in college, but we're doing it with the people that, that we want to work with, like-minded people who want to make this world a better place. So it's been a blessing and the culture is really shaping itself the, the bigger and bigger the team gets. With that in mind, you know, Super Coffee was the fastest growing brand uh, in the food and beverage space, according to the Inc. 500. What are you doing that's setting you apart in this category? I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but truly working hard and being nice to people, right? People, I think a lot of brands and a lot of founders where they misstep is they'll get an authorization, like they'll get their product into a national grocery chain like Walmart or Target or Whole Foods. Like, wow, I got into Walmart. I, I, I made it. Like my, my job's done. Let me go shift my attention to Kroger or to, to some other place. And for us, our job begins when the product gets on the shelf. So, I mean, we have a hundred full-time sales. We have a hundred full-time employees today. Most of them are sales reps. They're working alongside our distributors, building displays in stores, building relationships with the grocery managers and the store managers, and really providing a, a level of service that brands aren't willing to put in because it requires effort. And frankly, it's expensive. You know, I don't think a sales team is required to to have a, a food and beverage company. But we believe that it's required to excel and, and to really build a brand and make an impact. People buy what's available. And, and for us, our sales team is in stores every single day, getting the prime placements and earning those spots because the, the grocery stores, they want to make money too. And if we can prove to them that if our product is placed in ideal locations, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sell better than other coffees, they reward us with that space after we earn it through the, uh, through the data and, this, and the, the sales data. Talent is a big part of predicting the turn. And as we talk about talent, I wanted to mention one of our sponsors, Hunt Club. Imagine the power of the best marketers in the world helping you to find your next marketing leader. That's the power of Hunt Club. Hunt Club is a new category of talent company that powers the network of experts, connectors, and business leaders to help you find the best talent. Let's face it, recruiting hasn't changed with the times. Hunt Club is changing the recruiting game by leveraging technology and crowdsource referrals to find you the best people possible for your company. Stop paying job boards that don't work or recruiting firms that recycle the same active candidates. Partner with Hunt Club. So with that in mind, you know, that personal tension, you're going against some massive brands with, you know, the Starbucks Frappuccino, and you're doing it working with some massive retailers. How do you really carve out your niche in that regard and you know keep that attention and keep your sales team getting the the time in the meetings? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really good question and and one of the, it's funny cuz one of the guest sharks on Shark Tank was a, a gentleman named Rohan Oza and Rohan was the chief marketing officer at Vitamin Water. So he was really a beverage guy through and through very well respected in the industry. And Rohan said to us on that episode, he said, look, fellas, everything is niche until it's not. And for us, I think our goal is to mass produce positive energy. We, we want super coffee to be as ubiquitous as the Starbucks Frappuccino. Though, I mean, it, it does have a lot of healthy benefits, right? We use the medium chain triglyceride oil from coconuts. It's a healthy fat that helps our bodies get into ketosis and have more mental clarity and acuity. We use lactose-free protein and, and we're getting into plant-based protein. So like our, our products have all of these biohacking sort of capabilities within them, 
But at the same time, it tastes like a Starbucks Frappuccino. It only has 80 calories and it's zero sugar. So we're almost disguising the sort of science and, and chemistry of our products by like, hey, this tastes good. It's the same price as the stuff that you like, but it's acted for you. And even, even today in 2020, the thing that we've learned over the last five years is the number one per, per driver of purchasing behavior is flavor. So we can't sacrifice taste for health and we can't sacrifice health for taste. So you mentioned over the last five years, you've learned a lot of things, be nice, et cetera, has been a big focus. You also talked about, you guys had a lot to learn in business. How did you go figure out how to make a formula that would be shelf stable and a great product that would be amazing that people would want? Like, What was the process for you as an entrepreneur is going off and learning this stuff? Yeah, man. And it starts with small stones. Today, today we're very fortunate to be in some of the best manufacturing facilities in the country alongside Nestle and Muscle Milk and Monster. But when we first started in 2015, like we, we could barely get into a culinary kitchen that would allow us to make our products. So I think if you're, if you're an entrepreneur sort of standing at the bottom of the mountain and looking at the top where all, it's all the brands and entrepreneurs that you look up to and admire and, and someday you, you hope to compete with, you're like, dang, how the heck am I going to get up there? Right. And, and it's literally one step at a time, one stone at a time. We, we say, how, how do you move a mountain? One stone at a time. So for us, it's really been an iterative process. Like we, we got into one store. We didn't leave that store until we were the best selling bottle of coffee. And then we took that data to the next store and we said, hey, we're super coffee. Look at what we're doing down the street. If you, if you give us a shot here, we're going to increase your numbers. You know, and that's, that's really what we did. And though that sort of focus and, and discipline allowed us to drive up the sales numbers, get investors excited, improve the packaging, improve the formula, build out the team, you know, improve our distribution network. But it's been a slow build. And I think you hear this from a lot of successful people. I'm not saying we're successful yet, but a lot of successful celebrities, entrepreneurs, whatever, say, oh, I'm a, I'm a five-year overnight success or I'm a 10-year overnight success because people don't see all the work that goes in behind the scenes. So, you know, 2020 has been a tough year for a lot of businesses. What impact have you guys seen on your business with Super Coffee? Yeah, the, it's, a, it's a very real impact. First, I'll, I'll say we're we're very fortunate to be in the food and beverage industry. You know, our industry has been deemed as, as an essential industry since March, since the, the lockdowns and quarantine started in March. And even though our, our sales are down 30% from, from the budget that we planned on at the beginning of the year, we made a commitment to our team. And, and I, I think when we say things like, hey, our team is our barrier to entry, we need to back that up with action, right? We can't just say it because it sounds good. So we committed to our team in March that nobody would lose their jobs th throughout this pandemic. And the team stepped up to the call. They, they, everybody, where it could be done safely, they helped our distributors stock the shelves with water, with soup, with toilet paper, whatever it could be back in March and April. And in turn, that's actually benefited us in the long run. You know, we're one of the few brands that, that stuck it out throughout this pandemic, helping our partners, whether it's distributors or retailers, wherever we could. So the, the impact has been real. You know, it, it's, it, top sales are disappointing this year. We, we've, we've burned more money than we planned on it, but we've kept the team intact and we're going to come out of this pandemic stronger than when we went into it. So you, you mentioned on that focus, you really focus on that team culture and really sticking by and you know, living up to that. A lot of your team is working remote though. So how did you do that balance and keep that culture and that camaraderie and you know, that sports culture that's so important for you guys as athletes. 
that's a, a hard, a hard piece. And I, I think now that we're the size that we're at and we've garnered some national attention through media and through sales and, and we attract people like this culture attracts like-minded people to it. You know, I, I, I tell people when I interview them that super coffee is not for everybody. You know, this is not a nine to five job. We, we expect a lot out of our employees, but it is going to be fulfilling on a, on a mission to, to mass produce positive energy with, with people that you, you enjoy being with. So we have two full hands team calls twice a week, once Monday morning at 7.30 a.m. And, and the second one on Wednesday at 5 p.m. So that FaceTime with the all 100 people is a, a good chance for us to sort of get together and talk about the state of the business and give shout outs and gratitude. We do gratitude on both of those calls where teammates get the mic and they, they give shout outs to people in their region or people who help them on, on certain projects within the company. So that's, that's really cool. I think gratitude and it, it creates this sort of feeling of abundance and, and uh, it, it feels like we have each other's back despite not seeing each other in person every day. But I will say that being remote is tough. My, my brothers and I, we, we travel a lot into different regions and we'll work with our sales teams in their stores and their chains with their distributors. That helps too. Uh, but it's, it's gotta be constant touch points. You know, it can't be, can't be a once in a, a while thing. It's gonna be an all the time thing. So a few times throughout this, you've mentioned positive energy. What do you mean when you say positive energy? Yeah. So for us, positive energy is simply making people feel good so they can do good. And it, if you think about that from a literal perspective, we believe if you drink a super coffee instead of a Starbucks Frappuccino, you're going to feel better. You know, there's no sugar bogging you down. There's no calories, not a lot of milk. It's, it's organic coffee. It's got 200 milligrams of caffeine. It's actually going to make you feel some type of way. And I think that efficacy, it's like, what do you do with that power? You know, what do you, what are you going to do now that you do feel good? What type of good are you going to create in this world? Whether it's, it's passing a smile to somebody on the street or working on your, your own startup, burning the, the, the midnight hours to, to launch your own project or to, to lose five pounds in the gym. It, like That's what positive energy is. It, it's, it's, it's very personal, right? Positive energy for you might be different than what it is for me, but we believe whether it's through our products or through our attitude that if we make people feel good, that they'll do good. And it's, it really creates this ripple effect of, of positive energy throughout our world. Earlier in the conversation, you mentioned uh, the appearance on Shark Tank and what you know, they gave you with investors, that kind of confidence. You guys had some big funding news earlier this year. What's that going to tee you up for, for the next 12 to 24 months? Yeah, so that that's, a, that's a, another good question. I mean, we, we closed our Series B this year. We, we brought on $30 million in new capital, and uh, that should get us into 2022, into the first half of 2022. We are a, a high-growth startup, so we're burning – cash on a monthly basis. Like we're, we're growing at the expense of profitability. It's an intentional strategy. But with that, it's really about building out our distribution network, a brand that, again, for the first three years, we were locally focused on the East Coast. Uh, but now we have a, a national footprint. It's about creating that density in, in key populations and key markets. And when Jordan called my brother and I, but when, when he decided to drop out of college five years ago, he said, we need to be the healthy alternative anywhere there's a Starbucks Frappuccino or a sugary bottled coffee on the shelf. So we have a long way to go in, in achieving that yet. Uh, I think we've made some good progress over the last five years, but the, uh, the capital that we just brought on and the, the new partners that we just brought on are certainly going to help us create that ubiquity and, and allow us to reach more people in more places. 
Awesome. I love it. Well, hey, it's been such a pleasure sitting down and learning a little bit more. And I'm looking forward to we're going to be on the stage for the Founder Made Discovery Show here in December that looking forward to you telling a little bit more about your story then. Dave, thanks, man. I can't wait to uh, to see you in person. Um, that'll probably be virtual, but hopefully next time I'm in Cincinnati, we can uh, we can walk a Kroger together. I would love to do that. Well, thanks again. We'll talk real soon. You got it, brother. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, hit that rating and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And for more resources, head over to predictingtheturn.com.